Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everybody. I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Penn Holderness. Thank you so much for... I said watching for listening to the Holderness Family Podcast. So many ways to consume the content. There is. There yes. are. <laughs> I'm off to a banging start today. <laughs> well, we hope you're having a good day. So this is the part where we read a review, and I'll be really transparent. This week, my friend Leanne, who works with us, she chose the review. And it, it's lovely, and it's so complimentary. But if, if you thought that like I picked this out, you'd be like, Kim slow your roll you're not that good of I get a person it. okay so oh, you're saying it's very nice it's and very complimentary. nice but i don't want it to be like oh my god <laughs> yeah and you feel the need to explain so, but that when you leave a review it helps like people find us and blah 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 so it's so we the we're supposed to remind you to leave a review and then we, if we give an example anyway yeah. so pen do you want to read it sure well i want to ask this question before i read the review is the reason why you feel the need to explain this because there was a tiktok video today of you purposely singing bad and a woman commented that you need voice lessons <laughs> um, so wait a second no read the review and then okay. we'll get into that yeah. sorry okay. yeah um all right uh the review that i see in front of me here is from shermanator 18 love the name kim and pen are probably the greatest couple on the internet <laughs> sorry uh every episode makes me smile and laugh i've found myself singing along the pens would you rather song thanks for continuing to put out a podcast that makes me smile and makes me ponder about life that that's is really sweet. I'm, I, I'm not laughing at you shermanator i'm laughing because that um that's quite high praise that i'm sure is uh not right but that, thank you but anyway if you subscribed and left a review thank you I, I i get so why do i get so uncomfortable when somebody says something nice about me i i believe that you get uncomfortable when someone says anything about you like one way or the other no no, no i was like okay about so we put out this like real tiktok whatever today where i was like how i think i sound in my head versus what i actually sound like when i'm singing and i did 
ham it up a little bit. Like my singing voice is not great, which is why I don't sing in the videos. No, but you it's have not, a great singing voice. It's it's not, but I'm fine with that. I'm I don't need to have a great singing voice. I mean, I w- I desperately wish I had like one of those amazing voices, but I don't need it. It's fine. My life is full. But so yes, yeah, somebody said, yeah, you should get singing lessons. That didn't offend me. I laughed at that. I'm glad. So, and I want to say that you, one thing that people don't know about you, Kim, that I don't even think you know about yourself is that when you don't think anyone's listening to you and you're relaxed, like if you're in the shower or you're humming something, you have a beautiful singing voice. It, I definitely can tell you're nervous when someone else is watching you and yeah. you're singing, which is crazy. Like you have an, you really do have a beautiful singing voice. You're, you're, thank you. And, but that's the thing. It's like, I, my life is full in a lot of ways and that's just, you know, in my next life, I'll come back as a Broadway superstar. But I think th- you're, this life, yeah. I don't need it. You're just being nice. Cause that's my thing. And you don't want to take my thing. Kind of like when oh, you just, when you no. just randomly mentioned to me that you were a state champion pianist when you were growing up. No, I, I was like nine. <laughs> but so still, I wasn't, um, that's anyway, unbelievable. Moving on. We have a great yeah. episode for you today. We're calling up a friend, Dr. Oh. Lisa Damore. Come on. Let's call up an expert. Because we don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. Gotta love the expert song. Okay. This is Dr. Lisa Damore. She was on the podcast last fall. We talked to her about tackling teenage transitions and the difference between healthy and unhealthy anxiety. We'll put that episode in the show notes too. So impactful. Uh, I'm a super fan of hers and I've talked a lot about uh, her books and we'll also link to her books as well. But let me, let me get to her bio so you understand why I'm such a super fan. Recognized as a thought leader by the American Psychological Association, Dr. Lisa Damore co-hosts the Ask Lisa podcast, writes about teenagers for the New York Times, appears as a regular contributor to CBS News, and works in collaboration with UNICEF. She is the author of two New York Times bestsellers, Untangled, Guiding Teenage Girls Through the Seven Transitions into Adulthood, which, by the way, was on Kim's uh, bedside table and I think was life-changing. Still is, yes. And Under Pressure, Confronting the Epidemic of Stress and Anxiety, in girls. Dr. DeMore serves as a senior advisor to the Schubert Center for Child Studies at Case Western Reserve University and has written numerous academic papers, chapters, and books related to education and child development. She maintains a private practice and also speaks to schools, professional organizations, corporate groups around the world, and talking about family mental health, adolescent development, adult well-being, she graduated from Yale. Yes, um, she worked for the Yale Child Study Center before earning her doctorate in clinical psychology at the University of Michigan. She's been a fellow at Yale's Edward Ziegler Center in Child Development and Social Policy and the University of Michigan's Power Foundation. She and her husband are the proud parents of two daughters. We have a lot to get to. I really wanted to read her entire bio because she earned it. <laughs> so welcome, Dr. Lisa DeMora. So welcome, Dr. Lisa Demore. You know, I, I always start with, first of all, it's great to uh, see and hear from you again. I always ask this to people, do, so like, wh- do I call you Dr. Demore, Dr. Lisa, Lisa? Like, how do you like to be addressed? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me back. I love being with the two of you. And also, thank you for asking about what I should be called. So I've kind of gone on a journey with this. I used to be like, oh, call me Lisa. I don't mind one bit. And I really myself don't mind. But then a colleague of color helpfully pointed out to me, said, you know, when you 
who have so much privilege are so casual about these titles, because you can be, it makes it that much harder for those of us where we do need people to use our titles mm -hmm. in order to be recognized for the level of training we have. It makes us that, it, that much harder for us to ask. Mm -hmm. And that's all she said. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, first of all, thank you. So it's made me less casual about it. So why don't we go with Dr. Damore or Dr. Lisa, because we've known each other a while. Yeah. But in the name of um, not flexing my privilege all day long by being like, ah, call me whatever you want. Yeah. Let's go with one of those doctors. I love that. And I also love as a woman, anytime I see a woman who has earned a title, I want to use it because you worked really hard. And I, I have sat in rooms where men did not pay attention to anything I said, but then it's the second pen said it, it became valid. <laughs> so yeah. I do know that a title brings that, you know, gravitas. And sometimes you do, ha you, you do need to use it. So Dr. Demore, thanks for coming. And I love, this, I love this conversation yeah. already. I knew she would have a super cool answer to that question. Yes. Cause she has super cool answers to everything. And <laughs> So, and, and I'm really hoping you have an answer to this for me, Dr. Lisa. So here's, here's where I am right now. And this is something that's happened to me over the last six to nine months that I have wanted to write about or to talk about, and I've needed some guidance on it. But I'm just going to tell you my subjective experience from it. I have a daughter who is 15 years old, who is 5'10", and is stunning. Um, mm -hmm. She has grown up. She's become a young woman. She, every other part of her has also grown up. She has become funny. She's become mature. She's become strong. And I remember hearing people say this when I was younger and not even batting an eyelash or freaking out about it, where someone grows, comes of age, and the, what, what, the, what the man or the dad or the friend of the dad says to the dad is, huh, you're in trouble. Or like, watch out, as if to say, okay, your daughter's beautiful now. The boys are gonna, the boy suitors are gonna come, and this is gonna turn into a bunch of complications for you, and your life is about to get a lot worse. And mm -hmm. so, all right, we, she, she normally is a kind of a stay at home, wear pajamas type of person, but she got dressed up and went to a wedding recently, and I got three from people who mm -hmm. I know very well, even relatives, who said boy, you're in trouble. And I know they mean well when they say it. I really do. I think they're trying to compliment the fact that my daughter's grown into a beautiful woman, but it bothered me when they said it. Yeah. Mainly because I, it just, it, to me, it just feels like now that I have a daughter, it feels like they're saying that she can't handle herself. And by God, Lola can handle herself. Yeah, my she money's can on Lola. the crap out of anybody, I think. <laughs> so, but I just wanted to share that story with you and see if that's something that you've come across or something that you've addressed. Oh, thank you. It's such, it's so rich, right? This interaction, this repeated interaction, we can unpack it in so many directions. And I love the direction you're starting with, which is they mean well, right? They mean well. And I think we want to start with that assumption because you could also go down the road of like, well, it's super creepy that anyone's talking about my daughter's appearance to me and sexualizing yep. her in ways that are unnecessary. Like you could go down that road. We don't need to go down that road. I think they mean well. And and let's sort of work with that assumption. Mm -hmm. And so even though it's a little creepy. <laughs> but, <laughs> Very creepy. Yep. <laughs> um, but so let's let's endow these people who are making comments with maybe a fuller version of what the most well-meaning sentiment might be. And maybe what they're saying 
And I think this will let us then really kind of flesh this out in terms of how it feels for you as parents, how it might feel for Lola as, you know, a girl coming into the world. Maybe what they're saying is, wow, your daughter who is 15 now looks like an adult woman in very beautiful and attractive ways. Are you ready? Is she ready for the world's reaction to that? Because the world does react to that. We don't want the world to react to that. The world should not react to that. But the world we live in does react to girls as they become more like women. And and the line I always think about in this, I'm going to get it wrong, but in Bossy Pants, Tina Fey makes some, has a line about something like, you know, you know you're a woman when guys are yelling at you from cars. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so... Let's just sort of deal with the fact that like guys will yell at women from cars and they will yell at 15-year-old girls from cars. And is this the worst thing ever? Yes. And should this absolutely not happen? Yes. Does it happen? Yes. Where are you and where is Lola with that? Is it, do you think that we could imagine that's what they mean? Yeah. I from you know, I think Penn took this very personally because he I think because it was happening to me because it was happening and they don't say those they don't really say those sort of things to me but and so he got very he got very defensive but I do think that's where it comes from I also questioned I also questioned the and wanted to give grace to the people who were saying it because I I remember not thinking that was a bad thing a very Mm -hmm. short time ago Mm-hmm. Right. And I think it questions like, is she ready? And the answer is, I believe she's as ready as a, a confident, strong 15 year old can be. But I'm a woman in my 40s and I'm sometimes still grossed out by how I'm treated. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, because I mean, people walk up and say, Penn, oh, my gosh, you're so funny and creative and your videos are so brilliant. And Kim, you're pretty. <laughs> yeah. And well, thank you. As a woman in my 40s, I will always take that compliment. <laughs> but uh, it, it just kind of diminishes every other st- thing I've done to build what we do. So yep. I think there has to there has to be another way and better language for us all to compliment young women, right? There must. There, there must. must. But I also think it's really interesting what you're saying, that they're saying it to Penn, but not to you, Kim. Right? Like, what is that, that when we say this to dads, but not to moms? Right? What, I wonder. I think they know that it's a little sexualized. I think they know that, yes, these are all, these people mean well. And at some point, let's face it, like, Penn, maybe when you were, I don't know if you, I've never heard you say it, but I do know that people that mean very well say these things. I'm but, telling you, I bet I have said it. Like we're guys, you have to understand we're not that smart when it comes to these things. Like we, uh, as far as you want to pay a compliment, uh, but you don't know what to say. And and that's not an excuse. We should get smarter, but I I'll bet you I've said it before. That's one of the reasons it bothered me. I was like, wait, that's not cool. Wait a minute. Have I said that before? I'm just trying to be as honest as possible. More on this after these words. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Let's be honest. We've all had embarrassing BO moments. Like anytime you have to speak in public, if you don't put deodorant on, it's like a different type of sweat. And you and I did like a thing and I got done and thank God I had a blazer on because it sort of masked it, but then I took it off and got in the car and it was just like... There is a yeah, lot gross. of pit sweat. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, Lumi Whole Body Deodorant is making it so none of us ever have to worry about that BO again. Unlike certain other DOs, Lumi is powered by mandelic acid to control odor in a new way. Lumi delivers outrageous 72-hour odor control everywhere from your pits to your feet. Lumi is a game-changing deodorant designed by an OBGYN. Fast forward six years and her Whole Body Deo has has now earned over 300,000 five-star reviews. How? Well, unlike certain traditional deodorants that try to mask odor with a fragrance, Lumi is formulated to stop odor before it starts. More like a pre-odorant. I personally love that Lumi is baking soda-free and paraben-free. You can choose from a variety of fresh, bright scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, or toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid-stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice like mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code HOLDERNESS at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi Deodorant and use code HOLDERNESS. And it's Lumi, L-U-M-E. Intentions aside, let's assume, you know, we all learn as we go and we all grow as we go. What we're getting at here, I think, is something really essential, which is there's something from which now Lola may need protection, right? So it may not be the guys in her class, right? She may be able Mm. to handle them just fine, but she might need some sense of preparation or if not protection, certainly preparation Mm. for something new. And I think we want to think that through. And the other piece that I think is real, and I think, Penn, when you, if you ever did say anything along these lines, what I assume at the heart of it is we feel protective of our daughters. Mm-hmm. And and that's a very loving and appropriate instinct. And I, I this also may be untrue, or I, I, this may be untrue. The the Tina Fey thing is true, but I'm not sure I had it exactly right. But I think um, when Charles Barkley moved to Phoenix, his daughter to start playing basketball for them, his daughter was like 12 or something. And I guess some um, reporter was like, "What are you going to do when guys come around to try to date your daughter?" He's like, "You know, you kill the first one, the word gets out, right?" So that's like that's Charles. Bar- you know, Charles Barkley says whatever he wants to say. Yeah, but he also often cuts to the core of something, which is a fundamental sense of wanting to protect one's kids, and then in this context, wanting to protect one's daughters from what can feel like untoward attention. Okay, so I hear you on all that. And Charles Barkley is pretty funny. He is. But 
I, so what's bothering me now is I do want to protect my daughter. I also want to protect my son, but I don't say if like if Penn Charles becomes handsome, I don't think I'm going to be, anyone's going to say to me like, you're in trouble. You know what they, this is interesting. The it's gender, gonna, no, no, no. Be, they yeah. say it to me, they go like, oh, he's going to be trouble. He's going to be breaking ladies' hearts. So it's like this really gendered thing that happens and we do, so let me ask you this, Penn, do you worry about, or are you, I'm not, worry is not the right word. Do you feel like you need to protect your son the same way you feel the need to protect your daughter? I think that the family values that were instilled in me by my extended family and by society and everyone else that I know have told me that I have an extra responsibility to protect my daughter over my son and that my son is, should be able to handle himself. And then now, but my daughter, listen, Lisa, Dr. Lisa, mm-hmm. my, my daughter could beat the crap out of my son. <laughs> so, I was going to say. So, I was like, mm. so that, that was kind of the, the, the note when I was like, hmm, what, are we doing this right? And, but there is this line that I feel like I need to walk where I, I do want to say, and what I do say when they say, um, uh, you know, you're in trouble uh, or I'm like, no, no, Lola's, she's pretty strong. Um, but there's this line to walk where I want her to know that I want to protect her. But mm-hmm. I also wanted to know that she can handle herself. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't know if I have that line with my son. Or not, not as, not as maybe that's for your job, Kim. It's weird. <laughs> I mean, we do see boys as less vulnerable, and there's an element of truth to that. And, you know, he, he will soon gain more strength than she has, right? I mean, there, there's a, that, that's going to shift. You know, as boys get bigger and older, they do get stronger. And there's also a lot more latitude in the world for guys mm-hmm. to um, play in a sexualized space and not be called all sorts of names that are really, you know, stick and last and are incredibly double standard. You know, so I think around things that are sexualized and sexual, we have to be honest that um, we live in a society where men and women, girls and boys are not on equal footing. I, I am very aware raising a daughter and a son that that is 1000% true. What's, what's expected of my daughter is very different than what society expects from my son. Um, it was taught to me or I read in a book at some point uh, you know, when raising these children that I should find compliments that are beyond their appearance. So, you know, of course we've told our daughter and our son that, you know, like oh you're so like you're the cutest one or like things like that um <laughs> you know you lost that tennis match but you were the cutest like th- silly things like that but we have gone out of our way to find things to compliment that have nothing to do with their appearance is that hurting or helping i think it's a great place to start right and the way i've thought and written about it is really balancing how much we can comment on a kid's container versus how much we comment on the contents mm. of that container. And I don't want to diminish, it's fun to dress up. It's fun to take good care of oneself. Like I have, you know, teenage daughters right. and and I will watch them, you know, play with makeup in a way that is entirely for their own delight. And I would not want to tell them that that's not an okay thing. But I do think we want to try to strike a balance in terms of commentary on appearance and commentary on other things, but it's okay to take pleasure in one's appearance. And it doesn't even have to be about being attractive. Like I, I love, I love looking at 
it's, it's mostly teenage girls who like adopt like this entire style that is entirely uniquely their own and quirky and wonderful and fabulous. And it's not about trying to be beautiful or sexy or anything for anybody, but it's their look and they're having a lot of fun with their look, you know, so there's a lot of room in there to get it right. And we just want to be careful, I think, not to make it too big a thing or not to make it too much of a yardstick against other people. That it becomes their entire identity, just their appearance. I I did ask Lola, you know, I told her we were talking to you and I said, you know, this was the topic because she's overheard. I think they say it also sometimes in front of her, too, Mm. um, of like, oh, you know better be careful that sort of thing and I was like how does that make you feel and she's like you know she's neutral about it she's like she doesn't pay a lot of attention to what you know adults say she's like I do wish they knew how smart I was I do Mm -hmm. wish they would ask me about about how hard I work at tennis and at school and I I thought that was interesting I I think she identified that she's so proud of like she would prefer to be known for that Mm-hmm. Then how this wonderful other thing. that she can articulate it in just that way. Yeah. You know that she 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 already has such a strong sense of like, oh, they have no idea what I'm really bringing to the table. Right. If I, they only knew. If they only, I want to be her when I grow up. I have to tell you. Hmm. <laughs> All right. So, um, I mean, just kind of going back to the original question. Yeah. And you you gave some you gave some great advice of like maybe the the better question to ask or the better thing to say is you know your daughter has become a. a adult woman, uh, you know, a beautiful adult woman. Is she ready for how the world is going to process and receive that? Um, I don't know if I can say that in a cocktail party. Because no. These, <laughs> <laughs> That'd be weird. It's, That'd be super weird. They're going to be like, well, okay, Mr. PhD. Um, <laughs> you went to Yale. <laughs> <laughs> can, can we like workshop some other things yeah. that guys can say <laughs> Okay. <laughs> other well, than that? I think we could start with the premise of like, one option is not commenting on right, yes. right. I another think that's a good option. person's child's appearance. Like yes. I think let's start there. Probably, let's start there. Let's say like option number one. You don't need to go there <laughs> at all, right? It. And I, and I, my sense is it's a very gut, it's a very reflexive reaction. Um, but since we have the luxury of this podcast and think it through, and we can revisit gut reactions, I think this is probably a good time to say if you're noticing yourself about to comment on the appearance of somebody else's kid. Maybe not. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't yeah. do it. So there are things one could do instead, like say, like, Lola, like, what was your favorite book you read this year? Or Lola, like, is tennis happening? What's it like? I mean, I think people do take an interest in the incredible thriving that is adolescence and the incredible rapid growth and change. And there are other ways to ask about it. But Penn, what I'm wondering for you, because it's going to keep happening, yeah, is what's a response we could construct for you that when, when they say when it happens, yeah, yeah. I mean, what I've been going with is when they say she's in trouble, I say, no, oh, you're no. in trouble. I say, no, I don't say you're in trouble. I say, I think anybody who tries to cross her is in trouble, um, and and then I kind of like continue with she's. And she's very strong um, and she's very smart and that's kind of it. And I, but I also feel like when I say that I'm kind of smacking down the person who, who it sounds like she's about, about to it. arm wrestle somebody too. Right. Mm-hmm. So there might be a better, a better answer, but that's what I've been going with lately. I, I've, I've said that to like close relatives mm-hmm. um, and they've kind of looked at me like, yeah, it's a good point. And I, but I try to say it with a smile and not, yeah. not uh, in a judgmental kind of way. I think that's a pretty good reaction, right? Like, eh, you know, she can hold her own. Right. I mean, you're, you're sticking up for your kid. 
you're not humiliating the person who maybe said something reflexive. Yeah. You're not making more of it than, you know, maybe they meant by it. Um, in this space where we have time to really think it through, is there some reaction, some response you could have that is with a smile, is entirely friendly, is entirely inviting, but also has a teaching moment, a little bit even more teaching than you're doing. Like I'm thinking this, I don't have the answer, but I'm, I'm, they're saying something. Right. And we, they're saying something about the ways in which the world is unfair to girls. Mm -hmm. And they're treating it as a bit of a given. I mean, I have wanted to say in the past, like, isn't it strange that this is never something that's said about a boy? Like, I'm never, I, like, no, but not one person has come to us and say, like, oh, you're in trouble, you know, you're something. And he's equally attractive. I don't want him to sound like a, you know, but yeah, yeah they've never, because they don't think we need to offer protection. Yeah. I mean, when we, like, we, this is part of, like, a larger conversation when it comes down to it, like, as women, we are way more vulnerable. We've mentioned that. So just just to exist in space in this society, like it is actual fact that Lola does have to protect herself in a way that men don't have to think about. Um, but I think we could build awareness around the language. Uh, if you feel safe, Pen, to say, to say to do, would you feel would you feel all right responding to a relative to say like, hey, you know Lola, you know I trust that Lola can handle herself, and isn't it interesting you don't feel that, you know, or you've not said that about, or is that too accusatory? I, I don't think I would say you. I think I would say, isn't it weird? No one ever asks that. Ever says that about guys? Like no one. I, I would I would want to put that on the society and not on the person who's talking because I do think it is a societal norm. Everything we're talking about, I, I'm sure. It, this has to be an incredibly relatable thing, right? I'm not the only one going through this. I love that response, right? I mean, because it's inviting, but you're also saying like, whoa, 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 rejecting the premise, rejecting the premise, right? Like, I'm going to stop you right there. But in a nice way, of like, isn't that so strange? And no one ever says anything like that about, you know, to us about our son. Like, they just never do. Like, and, and inviting them into curiosity about that. Yeah. That might be enough for a cocktail party, right? That might be enough to just mark the comment in time and just say, I just want to flag the premise we're operating with and how problematic that premise is. And then move on to football. No, yep. continue the conversation. <laughs> no, Lisa's, Dr. No, Lisa's saying move on to no, football. No, and continue the conversation that um, I, I do. I mean, there's there's been a discussion amongst my friends about how the as especially as an aging woman, but as you know, my daughter comes of age that there there is this expectation of this beauty standard that we are that it 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 holds such value that if you don't look a certain way, you are not valued by yeah. men. But you, you just you don't you're not valuable enough to to have this conversation. And I, I I can I can feel some people who are listening are rolling their eyes, but until you've lived that experience, right. Um, it is, it is a very real true thing. And so it, I thought it was so interesting when Penn brought this up, I was like, and he's not one to necessarily dive into gender issues. And I was so, when he brought it up, I was like, wow, you're right. Like if it bothers you, it's, it's troublesome. I've been trying to be more active in this, particularly with my daughter for two reasons. I think, and honestly, I'm, I'm going to compliment Dr. Lisa because in the first like 10 pages of Untangled, she made the, the, the point that guys, you don't get a 
pass for this part of her life. You don't say, okay, I'll be in the cellar with my shotgun until, <laughs> until this is all over. Like we need to be active parts of this. And for that reason, I want to be inclusive in this conversation. And I think the best way to do it is to just give guys a break when it comes to this. Cause this is, this really is almost like, this is what we watched. Like my generation watched all of these conversations go on with our parents. Like it's been around for a long, long time. So I want to give everybody grace about this, right? Yeah, I think there's yeah. grace. And just as long as there's a willing, it's met also with a willingness to just like, you know, Dr. Lisa, in the very beginning, how you said, you know, to, to use your title, either Dr. Lisa or Dr. Demore, um, there's a, you, when you, when that was brought up to you, you welcomed that. And I welcomed that as some, you know, as somebody who's interacting with you in this way, like I, when I learn something, I try to bring it into practice. So hopefully when you reply with this pen, somebody it's met with that same curiosity. And I think one of the ways to make it work that way is just to be, (laughs) to be nice about it and to give them some, give them some grace. Right. Absolutely. Like the way I think about that all the time is like there's lyrics and there's tune, you know, so the lyrics are the words we say and tune is how we say them. And I will tell you 99 percent of the time in my private practice, that's what I'm using. I'm saying actually very direct and maybe hard things to hear, but I'm controlling my tone to make it palatable, to make it tolerable. Like It doesn't do any good to say something useful in a way that just inspires defenses and makes people want to, you know, go away. Um, I'm thinking, Penn, about what you said about really wanting to be present in this part of Lola's life. And I'm thinking about the protective force that all parents have. And then maybe, who knows, because of cultural reason, dads have about their daughters, right? I mean, we sort of have that trope working Mm -hmm. here. And I'm thinking about how you can put that on the ground. And part of the way you do it is in the atmosphere of how you're always treating Lola, right? You're your ever respectful attitude towards her, right? Your, you know, kind of admiring attitude. Because what you're laying down, and we're doing this all the time as parents, is this is how you should expect to be treated outside of the house as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's a lot that happens without words being said. I also imagine, like I'm picturing, I don't know if she's gone on dates yet. It's not my business, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> but I'm like, there may be a day, you know, if she decides she's going to date boys where, a, you know, a young man shows up at your door, right? Or, you know, she set it out for the evening. And I'm picturing that, you know, the half hour before, you know, her date comes. And I'm wondering what it would feel like. And I'm not recommending this. I'm just like, let's just play in this space. I'm wondering what it would feel like if you just said to her, I think you know this, but I'm going to say the words, you deserve to be treated with nothing short of total respect and total dignity and any one, and maybe especially any guy who does not treat you that way, you don't have time for him. Boy, I love that. And I, and I honestly think that she's heard that from her mom. I don't know if she's heard that from her dad. So she, thank you for those words. I I mean, I, I definitely, I think she, I think she knows that I think that, but I'd never actually said those exact words. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I think our, she sees a marriage modeled in that, but there's something about saying the words out loud that I think would mm-hmm. be especially impactful. And that's why she started it with, I know you know this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Yeah, 
um, especially trying to tell a teenager, love my teenager, but trying to tell her something. And uh, so, like, this is a sidebar. <laughs> getting into that part of <laughs> <A> sidebar <laughs> that with both my I'm, kids. I'm, I'm laughing. <laughs> oh, I'm laughing too. I'm right this, there with Oh, you. my gosh. I, the, the, the fact that both of my children answer everything I say to them. I'll be back with, in five minutes. I know. Yep. They answer everything with, I know. I'm like, no, you don't. Or you would not have asked the question. And I'm like, I like the most vulnerable thing you can say is I, I don't know. I don't know. Thank and you. so we're, we're trying to work, like even helping okay. my 12, yeah. 12 year old put his contacts in today. I'm like, okay, you got to move it to the left, buddy. He's like, I know. I'm like, if you knew, you would have done it. It gets, I'm sorry, I'm back. I said I was gonna be back in five minutes. I'm back no, now. Okay, so, I'm done. No, okay. but no, no, but he'll ask me, hey dad, what uh what time is practice tonight? And I'm like, oh, it's at 8 30. And he'll say, I know. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you like don't. why did you ask the question? She's like, No, no, I mean I know now that you told me. I'm like, that's not how you respond. Uh but I to learning. But I, okay, so let me <laughs> Let me unpack this a little bit because it's like so beautiful and it's so adolescent and I just want to like really lay out what unpack the dynamic. It. Unpack it. It's so gorgeous. It's so gorgeous. Well, so let's start with the 830 practice thing and then let's go back to, you know, how Lola's likely to respond when you say these words to yeah. her, which is that she's going to roll her eyes and be like, oh, oh my God, why yeah. would you even, right? Like that's going to be the reaction you get. Right. So the thing that I hold most true and dear about teenagers is more than anything else in the world, they are designed to become independent. They want to be autonomous. Mm -hmm. And I think that micro interaction when he's like, what time is practice? Which is I'm dependent on you. And you're like, it's at 830. And he's like, I know. He's like, I was dependent. Now I'm independent again. I'm totally independent. I've known this the whole time. Why are you telling me anything? Right? Like that yes. they are just, and I, I remember good. learning this. I, I have all these moments in my work as a clinician where I learned something that I've never forgotten. And I, I was caring for a terrific junior girl in my practice who totally had it together. She was a really great kid in a million ways. And she came in, I saw her on Friday afternoons, and she came in in the worst mood, and that wasn't common for her. And I'm like, what's the story? And she's like, oh, I worked so hard all week. My room was a total mess just because I had so much else going on. And I had an hour set aside before our appointment to clean my room so it would be beautiful for the weekend. And when I walked in the house, my mom told me I had to clean my room. So I spent the hour fighting with her about how I wouldn't clean my room. Oh. And now I'm here and I'm so mad because my room's a mess. Oh. I was like, oh my goodness. Like the kid was walking to do it. To do it. And as soon as it became at the parents' instruction, like it was over. So I think that's really essential. But then if we go back to, you know, Penn, if you say these words to Lola, right? If she's going on a date with a guy and you say these words and she goes, oh my gosh, why would you do that? That's so weird. Why are you making it all so weird? Right? She gives you that kind of reaction. I think what we want to remember when kids say, I know, or I, I roll, or why are you being like that? Or, you know, why are you telling me this thing that's so totally obvious? I think what we want to remember is we're not going to get the reaction we might think we want, which is for them to say, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I've for learned so much from you. <laughs> input, right? Like, that's never going to happen, right? So, like, but I that's what take, they mean. That's what they, what they mean is I heard you. Like, oh, I God. take eye rolling as yeah. I heard you. Okay. Um, okay. We, I can deal with that. Yeah. Or, or we could just tell them to say, I, no, they're no. not going to ever do that. I got you. Because, because they want to be independent. I understand. They have okay. to be independent. Yep, I got they you. They have to. They're built for it. And our job is to not react to it. Okay. Ah. Uh. Well, this is good I definitely for, this is good reacted for this morning. Because, well, unless it's super rude. Sometimes they're super rude, at which point you can react. Okay. Yes, there was some rudeness. There was some sass. Um, and I was 
my I was in a I was in a mood. Could it have been morning. Could it have been your tune, your tone? What was was it? She said my something tone. tone versus tune. Um, no, I, that was just one example of, and I think our our son is more guilty than our daughter at this stage. But I think he is in that he's twelve and a half. He's getting to that, and we know because I read your book that this is like he is. It is his job to find his tribe and to grow more independent. So every time he says "I know," I have to reframe that, but also gently say. Uh, you're an idiot. No, you don't. Doesn't, no, I won't say that. I won't but, say that. Honestly, I think I know is his eye roll. I think they're, and I think they might both mean the same thing. And honestly, like I know doesn't bother me that much because it's pretty easy to explain. But if sometimes Lola eye rolls or goes fine, and that actually means I hear you, that's a tough one to translate. Yeah, don't you think? Um, and I will say, like I. We, we we try not to make this stuff so about our kids. This needed to be because this is a very specific thing that you know Penn went through. Um, but I will but I will say my our kids have done a beautiful job of growing and developing so far, despite our best efforts to just totally sabotage it because we're pretty clueless. <laughs> but somebody said something interesting to me the other night, and this isn't it's somebody who works within the education space saying. Like to the same end, like sophomores, like the the attitude and emotions of a sophomore, it's like the worst of the high school experience. And I had never heard that before. And here we are. So I'm like tiptoeing around it. And that's not what we're experiencing yet. That's not what we're experiencing. But I'm not sure I agree. I'm not sure I agree with that. I love that. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, no, I would say, you know, in terms of challenging authority, you know, ninth grade, is often very common for that. We're also, of course, looking at a bit of a developmental lag for some kids because of the pandemic. So it's hard to locate things in time as we used to. But I will say sophomore year, in my experience, over the course of the year, things really even out quite a bit. Mm. Um, Kids get a much better sense of who they are and what they're about. They have a much higher tolerance for kids who are not like them, or um, they're not needing to use their social group to define themselves anymore. Um, in schools, sophomore years, often when kids start to talk again to kids they weren't talking to mm-hmm. or didn't feel they could affiliate with um, at earlier points in development. So they tend to become better regulated in terms of their emotions. The height of dysregulation for teenagers is right around 13, 14. So, you know, they start to be easier in terms of their reactions to things are not as intense. And they do start to consolidate a sense of identity. They know more of who, who they are and what they're about. And so then they can be more accepting of others. So I sophomore year and beyond is for me when teenagers become even like more delightful company than they've ever been. Like every bit is fascinating. But I mean, you give me a junior and I, I think they're like the greatest creatures on the planet in terms of interacting with adults because they're super interesting and they're incredibly put together and they're still... Um, engaged with the you know the adults around them in a particular way seniors have all that going on but a lot of them are like i'm out i'm on the next thing like i owe you nothing which is totally fine and appropriate but i think juniors are magic okay well this is all good to hear because i didn't want it to be like this self-fulfilling prophecy um but and, and again not what i experienced now you did mention the developmental delay i have talked with a pediatrician friend about this as well she feels like there is like socially this you know two year delay year and a half two year delay of just socially what she's seeing and especially younger kids it, are you seeing that in older kids too i think i am okay. i think i am you know and i think so much of it is 
kids socialize one another by being in each other's company, you know, putting social pressure to act one way or another, and usually hopefully act in more mature ways as they age. So if you, you know, if you ground kids for 18 months, yeah. you're going to lose that. I mean, there's no getting around it. Is this, you know, disastrous? No, they'll figure it out. Development is long. It bends towards health. But um, what I have seen, and I think really kind of really reboots the importance of working on this, is kids not knowing how to handle conflict very well. Mm. Um, you know, conflict absolutely comes with being a human being and certainly a human being in groups and certainly a human being who spends all day every day with kids that you did not choose. Um we really need to help kids manage it in ways that are, you know, assertive and respectful as opposed to, you know, talking about people or, you know, involving everybody else in a conflict or just, you know, being rude. I think some of that has felt lagging in their development. I feel like that's lagging in a lot of what I'm seeing out of adults. Yeah, too, I'm, I'm, about, I'm about to jump in there. I, I, I think every single it, we, we call it the blip here because we're Marvel fans. Mm. Um, I think that it's definitely happened in adults, but it's interesting to see it happening in children because they are, their bodies are maturing and they look like they're 15. And that, I mean, that can probably be jarring for a, a, an observer on the outside to see like a young adult have a different set of social skills. And they may have had three or four years ago because it really, I mean, it didn't stunt anyone's physical growth, but it stunted mm -hmm. everyone's emotional growth. Mm -hmm. I think that's right. I think that's right. And it, it's interesting to sort of circle this back. You know, Penn, your question was like, people are saying this thing to me. I don't like it. It's weird. But I want to react to it in a way that actually advances the conversation or moves things in a meaningful way or maybe even has some teaching in it. So your commitment to handling this conflict in a way that is growth giving, right? This is what we need adults to be doing around kids. And, and mm -hmm. I do worry when I watch how adults are handling conflict in front of kids, I'm like, okay, guys, yeah. like, we're not the role models we need to be to help kids up their game in terms of dignified conflict and, and respectful disagreement. Yeah, that's not, I mean, that's a whole different podcast, but that's not what's being modeled right now. And if you read social media comments on things, uh, it'd make you want to stab your eyes out anyway uh, <laughs> well thank you thank you thank you for your time and as we said before we will link all of dr De um, lisa demore's like resources and books and all of that just podcast all that good stuff in the show notes can i can i and can i end with a potentially invasive personal question for you sure <laughs> sure sure we're at a cocktail party answer, Go for so sure. it. i don't know if this is invasive or not dr lisa but th 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 one of the things i took away from you and it, we've actually heard this from christopher Edmondson, the guy who helped us write our book which was it, it's not what you say it's how you say it and i think that that is at the center of a lot of the things that we talked about so you personally have this, like we talked about it last podcast, you have this like crazy hypnotic voice. Yeah, <laughs> very ASMR. It's definitely ASMR. Well, I said it was ASMR last time, but now I'm going more hypnotic. Like I think you could tell me to do something and I would do it just because of the tone <laughs> of your voice. And I'm wondering, because like you have, the, you have a professional responsibility to try to encourage people <laughs> to do things. Did you like work on that? Or is this how you've always sounded? And if it is, 
how you've always sounded. You have like the perfect voice for a therapist <laughs> slash counselor. But it seems like I, the, the, and I do yeah. have her cell phone number now. So if I need you to do just something, call I me may and just, read the newspaper. I'm or just something. Gonna, I'm gonna hold up yeah. the cell phone and get um, Doctor oh, Lisa yeah. to like. Pen, I need you to stop putting your clothes. Next, next to, to the, the hamper, hamper. <laughs> but in the hamper. No, I am curious about your voice. Yeah, though. no, I think this has always been my voice. Like, <laughs> I do think it's always been my voice. But it's interesting because, you know, so much of your training as a psychologist is trying to figure out how to say things in a way that doesn't inspire people to feel hurt or defensive or reactive, right? Like, that's really the job. And it's interesting because part of how we train is in supervision, where we meet with our supervisor and, you know, run down everything that happened in the last session. And then they give us guidance on what to do. And often that guidance involves them saying the words or saying the line that they want that will be useful in terms of moving things forward in the therapy. And so there is a lot of internalizing how seasoned clinicians phrase things and I'm sure the tone and I'm sure the tune in the name of helping people change. And so mm-hmm. you, you're you on to something. I mean, the goal isn't to have it be like weirdly hypnotic and like using the power of suggestion. <laughs> but the it. goal is change, right? That's why people come for therapy. Yeah. And, and I think it would be so funny to do like a spoof like TV show of like a brilliant therapist with the most off-putting voice, right? Like <laughs> or like Gilbert yeah. Godfrey. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. So they're saying like totally useful brilliant. things, but in a way that is just like, oh my God, get me out of here, right? So there, I mean, I don't know if this, is, I think this has been my voice my whole life, but I, I will say when it came to the question of reading my books, my publisher uh, in the first book, initially, they were like, here's the pro who's going to read your book. And I was like, no, no, no. absolutely not. It's got to be me because it. I'm trying to model for parents how to talk to kids. How I'm to talk Gilbert to Godfrey. Kids. This is untable. <laughs> Guiding teenage girls through the seven transitions into adulthood. Oh, my God. Yeah, like that. <laughs> was it Gilbert Godfrey? Awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's no. awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> So, um, but I'm so grateful for you <laughs> guys. And um, and thank you for mentioning uh, my resources. And I will tell you the third season of Ask Lisa, um, my podcast with my wonderful co-host, Rena Ninen, um, August 30th is our start date for that. So oh, we're so, um, so thrilled. And, and I find you guys so incredibly wonderful to talk to. Uh, and I'm just so grateful for you. And now I have your cell phone number. So I'm just <laughs> warning you. Do you want to get her to, like, we're here. Do you want to get her to encourage me to do something no, right now with her, with her hypnosis? We're gonna, like she can... only uses her powers for good. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, thank you, Dr. Lisa Damore. We'll talk to you soon. Wonderful. Okay. Uh, thank you, Dr. Lisa. Okay, so Penn called her Dr. Lisa. I called her Dr. Damore. In the beginning, she did say we could call her Dr. Lisa. So I don't want you to feel like Penn was getting overly familiar there or not respecting the boundaries because she did say... No, we had an open and active conversation. I just don't know if it was the conversation that our friends heard. So I just want to make sure um, to to, to kind of defend you in that. Isn't she dreamy? She's great. I just Um, want... I wish that... Well... I think we, we sabotaged her audio equipment, so she had to call us. Um, and I'm kidding, we didn't sabotage it. So now I have her cell phone number, and I, I won't actually stalk her. Um, Seems like you're going to stalk her. No, but what I just love is just the openness to have the conversation and approach these things with grace for ourselves. This time of parenting, these teenage years, is 
so fun. I, I don't know. I wouldn't wish it, I wish it away. I mean, I think I had written a blog post at some point that people were like, oh, you know, just wait till she's a teenager. She's going to be a nightmare. No, I, I maintain that this is my favorite part. I was not, a, I love the smushiness of my kids when they were babies, but I wasn't an, I didn't ever feel confident in what I was doing when they were itty bitty. You know, I felt more nervous and anxious when they were itty bitty. I loved, I mean, jump in front of a train for them, but it was like, I didn't, everybody was like, oh my gosh, isn't this like the best? I'm like, oh, this is really hard. I, I love this stage of it, but to that end, I feel more like we're on the record now. I feel like the things like we're this saying is going now, on our transcript, right? This is going on our parenting transcript. Our, our permanent what we're record, doing now, like yeah. the stuff, the language we're using now, they'll remember. Whereas when we were, they were eighteen months old. I mean, it's important. It's all important, but I just feel like it's it's the mistakes are inevitable and and usually forgotten. Yeah, when you're eight, when they're eighteen, months. understood. But now, when they're fifteen and twelve, I just feel like it's all on the record, and I'm hyper aware of the language we need to be using in our house and how to build confidence and build good people. I'm just I'm glad that we have friends who can give us such insight and thought. And she just let us know, and this is a little bit into the future, but she's got another book coming out um, that we'll be hopefully having her back to talk about. So that's something to look forward to for us. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning into the Holderness Family Podcast. If you made it this far, there's a little trick you can do. What is that? You can take a, a screenshot yeah. of you finishing it. And what I forgot. What is it? You <laughs> never well, understood that. you can tag that. us on Instagram stories. Yeah, then tag and us I, on Instagram. Sorry, I'm so bad at Instagram reply. stories. Yeah. So anyway, so you, ta- you take a picture of it. And you screenshot it, okay. and then you tag us, and then and, and you put in Instagram stories, and then I love to see it and reply to it and just Got connect it. with you guys. You always suggested that, and I never understood it. Oh, so I, I try to, <laughs> I'm so bad at Instagram stories. It's okay, and you don't need to be good at I've it. I've got other stuff I got to do. you got other stuff you need to do. Well, I love you guys, and thank you for listening, and I hope it, I hope it was helpful, because it was helpful to me. Me too. Bye. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.